the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for getting started with us this morning at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. It is a Wednesday, the 19th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being with us. We have a packed show today. There's a big debate coming tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but we have a few very specific uh, issues that we're going to be discussing <clears throat> on the program today, not the least of which is the lawsuit filed by three Connecticut high school girls against the state for allowing boys to compete against them in their track competitions, sweeping 15, the two boys involved, who think they're girls, which is how, of course, they get around this, um, sweeping 15 state championships uh, and taking opportunities away from girls. The girls have filed a lawsuit uh, claiming that they have lost a lot of opportunities to, for scholarships and other things that would have come with awards and winning championships. And the Alliance Defending Freedom, a heroic organization, their legal ministry providing legal services to those whose rights have been violated, particularly over religious grounds. And in this case, uh, they are uh, representing three girls in Connecticut who have filed that lawsuit. We're going to talk to Matt Sharp, representing uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, coming up in about a half an hour. So very much looking forward to that. At 10 o'clock, top of the hour, we're going to speak to a Cuban-American named Nana Guzman, who um, was born, she and her family, uh, she was born in Cuba, and she now lives in the United States. She is an American citizen, and guess what she is? She is going to be the latest witness to tell us what life is like in a true socialist-slash-communist society. I cannot state this strongly enough. Bernie Sanders, whether he is the opponent for Donald Trump in the general election or not, 
is an avowed communist who cannot be allowed anywhere near the reins of power in the United States of America. Yesterday, we uh, replayed for you a conversation I had with a um, Venezuelan expat who told the story of, of the horrors of what happened in Venezuela when the socialist uh, Hugo Chavez took over, and of course his work followed by Maduro, and it is an absolute nightmare. It's a dystopian nightmare is what it is. Cuba, of course, uh, had their communist revolution, and Ana Guzman was raised in that, and she is going to tell us exactly what is in store for the United States if we allow somebody like Bernie Sanders to uh, rise to power, particularly to rise to the level of executive and work out of the Oval Office, completely changing this country from the constitutional republic rooted in capitalism and rooted in democracy into a socialist communist uh, nation, the, the same site, uh, sort of thing that she has experienced already. She escaped at once. She doesn't want to have to do it again. So we're going to talk to her at uh, 10 o'clock and then at 1035. Patrick Wood, you probably remember Patrick Wood from Technocracy Rising. Uh, he is now also at the helm of a very important organization called uh, Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, this is an organization that is working very hard to defend those who have been marginalized and censored um, for their free speech, particularly if their speech happens to be conservative-minded or conservative-leaning. And the censors both online with the big tech uh, gurus in uh, Silicon Valley all the way through to the college campus is not allowing speech from uh, conservative speakers who were invited on campus. We just saw another example of that at Ohio University with uh, Caitlin Bennett going there to interview and talk to people about the Second Amendment. Uh, a riot essentially broke out. Uh, free speech is under attack in this country in a big way, which we've already known, and uh, this organization is working very hard to try to stop that. So Patrick Wood. So we have three great guests today, Matt Sharp, Anna Guzman, and uh, Pat Wood, all coming up on the program. I started with mentioning the... Um, uh, Democratic primary in, in uh, uh, Nevada, and of course the debate tonight. Ahead of that debate, the new numbers are out. I told you yesterday what uh, Bernie Sanders' lead looked like in the latest Maris poll: thirty-one percent to nineteen percent for second place, Mini Mike Bloomberg. Now there's another poll: the NBC Wash, uh, Wall Street Journal poll, and uh, Mika Brzezinski. Yeah, I I hate hearing her too, but this is uh, Morning Joe giving you the numbers. I guess we can at least. Uh, I guess we can count on them to be accurate on this. Accurate on this, right? A look at the Democratic field for president ahead of tonight's debate. The latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll shows Bernie Sanders now with a double-digit national lead in that primary race at 27 percent. The senator's 12-point margin over Joe Biden isn't because he gained support over the past month. It's because Biden lost 11 points and is now at 15 percent. Biden's campaign is crumbling. Biden's campaign is on its last legs. I mean, seriously, it is it is amazing what a bad candidate this guy is. It, I'll be honest with you, I'm still stunned, shocked, amazed, whatever, that Barack Obama was able to win the presidency with Joe Biden as his running mate because he is such an albatross around the neck, uh, or should have been, uh, of Barack Obama. He is such an absolutely abysmal, embarrassing, horrific candidate for president joe biden went from front runner status and donald trump is terrified of joe biden that's why he he uh, asked um, uh, rudy uh, to go over to ukraine and asked uh, Zelensky to uh, open an investigation he's terrified joe biden joe biden joe biden joe biden is awful joe biden would turns out would be the gift that keeps on giving if he were to win the nomination and which is exactly why he's not going to 
his campaign, and I, by the way, I get fooled sometimes. And here's the reason why. This cesspool uh, of candidates for the Democrats is so bad. I mean, Bernie Sanders is an avowed socialist, and that means he's a communist. I don't want to hear any differentiation between socialism and communism. I know some will argue about the means of production versus total uh, land ownership and property ownership, etc. I don't want to hear it. Socialism is communist uh, in its, in its uh, toddler stage. Okay? It, it grows. It grows up into becoming a full-on adult socialist, uh, or adult communism, rather. So Bernie Sanders... Elizabeth Warren is <laughs> a laughingstock. Liawatha, Focahontas, whatever you want to call her, she is a laughingstock. Also, by the way, a full-on socialist. Pete Buttigieg is a joke. Pete Buttigieg is comedy. Pete Buttigieg, I, I, one of the ads I hear uh, goes it in pretty good. Uh, Pete Buttigieg in charge of the 308th largest city in America, South Bend, and failing at that because South Bend is a train wreck. Uh, South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is. So Pete Buttigieg is a joke, not to mention the fact that, yes, he brings it up, not us. He brings it up by making out with the guy that he uh, calls his husband uh, on the uh, uh, at the end of every uh, rally that he does. He's the one who brings up his homosexuality, and he does it for a reason. Nobody that I know is not going to vote for Pete Buttigieg because he's homosexual. Nobody cares that he has a husband. Nobody that I know is going to be opposed to him because of his sexual orientation. We're going to be opposed to him because he is a radical trying to hide in moderate's clothing. He believes in an end to private health care. He believes in abortion on demand all the way up to the moment of birth. Pete Buttigieg believes in heroin, crack, fentanyl, all of it should be decriminalized. Pete Buttigieg is a radical, and he's inexperienced, and he would be a disaster for this country. I have no qualms. I don't care about his sexual orientation. But he keeps bringing it up. And since he does, in an attempt to essentially pull the Barack Obama uh, uh, strategy out of uh, mothballs, remember, Barack Obama ran as much on his blackness as he did on his ideas. I mean, how many Americans wanted to vote for Barack Obama because they wanted to be on the quote-unquote right side of history voting for the first black president? He pulled in a lot of votes because of his minority status. He pulled in a lot of votes because they practice identity politics in the Democrat Party. So his blackness won him a ton of votes, also made him impervious to criticism, not just in his campaigns, but in his eight years. If you criticize Barack Obama's, uh, you know, spending plan, well, you just don't like the black president. If you criticize Barack Obama's signing of the uh, Paris or the uh, Paris uh, Climate Accord, you just don't like the black president. If you criticize Barack Obama for giving five high-value Taliban detainees back in exchange for a traitor, Bo Bergdahl, you just don't like black people as president. That's all this is. He used his race at, to his advantage to defend him against criticism and assault, uh, verbal assault, of course, for eight years. More than that, if you go back to his campaigns. Buttigieg is following and following in the same footsteps with his identity politics. He's going to be the first gay president, and he wants people to criticize it. That's why he's all smoochy, smoochy with his husband on the uh, stages after all of his uh, things. You notice? You ever see Elizabeth Warren kissing on her husband? You ever see um, uh, Bernie Sanders with his wife, but Joe Biden? N- nobody else does this ever. Donald Trump doesn't get up there and with Melania after a rally. 
Only Pete Buttigieg does this. And it's because he wants his homosexuality to be his defense. If you criticize me, you're just a homophobe. Just like if you criticized Barack Obama, you were just a racist. That's the way he's playing this. So anyway, working my way through this, Amy Klobuchar just doesn't have a chance. Michael Bloomberg, we have talked about. My point to all of this is Bernie Sand, or, or excuse me, Joe Biden went from front runner, and I said, and this is this is kind of my mea culpa here. I said about a month ago, the guy that I fear the most is still Biden because that pool of candidates I just ran through, Sanders and Warren and Buttigieg and Klobuchar, so on, is so bad. So not even close to being electable that Biden is the least threatening uh, for the Democrats uh, and uh, for um, uh, moderate Americans. So Biden would be the person that I'm most worried about. I'm ready to say right now I was wrong. Uh, the Democrat Party has realized that Joe Biden is just an abysmal candidate. He's horrible. He has run now. This is, I think, his third or his fourth run for president and never won a single state's primary or caucus. Never. He is such a bad candidate, he's just done. He, he's now trailing Bernie Sanders by 12. He's trailing, uh, this is in the uh, NBC Wall Street Journal poll. He was trailing uh, Sanders in the uh, Marist poll by more than that. Joe Biden's goose is cooked, because the more he has to talk, the more voters, even on the Democrat side, side realize he is just stupid. He's just not a very intelligent man. He doesn't know what he's saying, when he's saying it, or where he is. Maybe it's because of his age. Maybe there is some dementia creeping in. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and I don't want to pretend. I'm just saying maybe. Maybe when he was a younger man, he would have been better. But then again, when he was a younger man, he's, we have a long, long list, a long, long uh, a tape, if you will, audio tape of his gaffes, kind of proving that it's not really his age. It is just who he is and how he is. He's an awful candidate. He's an awful man. And um, so I made a mistake into thinking he would be the biggest threat. The biggest threat right now, as I said yesterday, are the killer bees, Bernie and Bloomberg. I will not even include, include Buttigieg in this yet uh, for a number of reasons that I've outlined and I'll talk more about. But um, they're going to vote. They're going to debate first in Nevada. Then they're going to vote in Nevada. <clears throat> and we're going to see where this uh, race goes from here. But Bernie Sanders is an avowed socialist slash communist. And I will not let a day go by that I don't remind people of the danger of that in the United States. Donald Trump said multiple times that the United States of America will never be a socialist country. And I hope to God he's right. I don't want to live the way they live in Venezuela. I don't want to live the way they live in in, uh, uh, Cuba. I don't want to live the way they live in North Korea. I don't want to live the way they live in Russia. I don't want to live in a communist country in China. I want our constitutional uh, republic rooted in democracy, rooted in capitalism, rooted in freedom uh, to stand forever. So we will oppose Bernie Sanders and anybody like him forever. All right, uh, it's 920, ton of stuff to get to today, as promised. Try to squeeze in your phone calls uh, as quickly as you can, 216-901-0945 if you do want to get in. But we are loaded with guests, loaded with audio. Stay with us on AM 1420, The Answer. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Don't forget, we're going to talk uh, with the Alliance Defending Freedom attorney Matt Sharp is going to join us to talk about the case of the three Connecticut Connecticut girls fighting on behalf of girls, 
real girls, not pretend girls, not psychologically deluded boys who think they're girls, not people suffering from gender dysphoria. These people need treatment. They don't need in. Uh, they don't need. Uh, uh, assistance, if you will. It's not the word I'm looking for, and I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now. They don't need enablers uh, with their dysphoria and with their confusion. They need assistance. They need treatment. That's what they need. So uh, anyway, uh, in uh, Connecticut, they filed a lawsuit, and we're going to talk to uh, ADF to make sure that girls have an opportunity to stay girls and uh, compete against girls and not be taken over by boys pretending to be girls. Uh, I want to share a little bit more audio with you. I mentioned Pete Buttigieg, and I mentioned his intent to use the Obama playbook to try to win the nomination and thus the presidency. Uh, He's going to use his protected class status because of their identity politics. In Barack Obama's case, it was his race, or at least half of his race anyway. Uh, uh, He's going to use sexual orientation. He's going to use, quote-unquote, homophobia as his tool to win the presidency, or at least to win the nomination. He's going to continue to rub his sexual orientation in the faces of a lot of people who don't either care or don't like it. And there are. Look, I'll be honest with you. Pete Buttigieg's homosexuality is not going to play well in the Bible Belt, right? He's not going to win a lot of states in the Bible Belt where they believe biblical scripture that says uh, that marriage is between one man and one woman. That's it. He's just not going to. But there's a whole lot of other people who are not necessarily going to play the hard scriptural card and say, I can't vote for somebody who's violating biblical scripture, but they just don't care. All they care about is whether or not you're able to do the job. And they don't want you uh, slamming your uh, you know, sexuality or sexual orientation in their faces 24 hours a day with campaign ads and with appearances and so on and so forth, making that the central part of your campaign. So Pete Buttigieg is trying to use the same Obama playbook. Obama got people to say, if you oppose Obama, you're a racist. Buttigieg wants people to say, if you oppose Buttigieg, you just oppose gays. You're opposed to LGBTQXYZ. You're opposed, you're just a homophobe. Well, that's one thing, and that's interesting and annoying enough, as we can talk about and will talk about. It's another thing for him to then actually flip the script and use scripture as his um, platform, saying that he is holier than thou. He is holier than Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you can't find too much to defend Donald Trump's actions in Scripture. So not only does he want to try to uh, use his homosexuality against those who believe in actual Scripture, he's going to try to use Scripture against them. Listen. At the last CNN town hall, you said if your faith calls upon you to help the marginalized, uh, those who are uh, afflicted, to comfort to comfort people, to strive for humility and decency, as the Christian faith does. Uh, And then, I quote you, then, I just can't imagine that that requires of you that you be anywhere near this president. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump? Well, (laughs) the question question in the CNN town hall I love. You love that that predicate, right, that she sets up there. Uh, you know, about can you be a Christian and be near President Trump because he's Satan himself. How can Christians do that? Does Pete buy along? Of course he plays along. Of course he buys in. I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians. But I will say I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in Scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation. What Scripture do you read? Pete, what Scripture do you read? 
Because I haven't found anything in Scripture that suggests it is okay to kill the youngest human beings that exist. I can't find anything in Scripture that says it is okay to destroy life. Human life. As a matter of fact, I can find Scripture and probably the easiest passage to find, and it's called the Ten Commandments, that were handed down to Moses, and one of them was, Thou shalt not kill. I don't know what Scripture Pete is trying to preach from as he condemns Donald Trump, but I can find plenty of Scripture that opposes A, his marriage, and B, his belief that babies are okay to be killed simply because it's inconvenient for the mother to keep them. You want to have the scriptural debate, Pete? Let's have it. Matt Sharp, Alliance Defending Freedom, joins us next after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. Onward we roll, 935. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we are loaded up. We're going to talk with Ana Guzman, a Cuban-American, uh, coming up at 1010, who survived Castro's communist hell. You want to know, uh, we talked yesterday with somebody who survived Venezuela and got to the United States. We're going to continue to sound the alarm on the socialists slash communists that continue to try to uh, infiltrate this country uh, by way of now uh, the front runner for the Democratic nomination, Bernie Sanders. But for now, I want to... Uh, Shift gears. I want to go back to another story of um, the LGBT community trying to essentially take uh, opportunities away from women. We have seen this time and time again, and this is one of the most egregious examples of it. In Connecticut, there are two boys, uh, biological males, who uh, are suffering from gender dysphoria. They are they believe that they are girls, and they have demanded to compete against girls. And 15 state championships in track and field, 15 state championships that used to belong to girls, now belong to these two boys. Uh, girls in uh, Connecticut have said enough is enough. They have filed a lawsuit, and they are being represented by the wonderful uh, attorneys at Alliance Defending Freedom, a legal ministry that does indeed try to provide religious freedom and uh, to stop those suffering from discrimination at the hands of special interest groups like the LGBTQ community. Matt Sharp is senior counsel with ADF, joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Matt, good to have you back on the air here in Cleveland. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for joining us. So, uh, yeah, we, I saw this story as it was playing out uh, when these girls were allowed a couple of years ago to run these races, and I saw the complaints, and I followed it closely, and I agreed at the time, and I agree even more so now that we've seen the aftermath. Indeed, these biological males had an extraordinary physical advantage over all of the girls they competed with, and the girls uh, were left, uh, you know, to finish second and third, etc. Can you tell me... The basis of the lawsuit, um, it's got to be about more than just prestige and the pride of competing and winning state championships, which now belong to these uh, two biological males. But um, there's a financial component to this involved as well, is there not, Matt? Yeah. So this is ultimately about preserving a level playing field and equal opportunities for these female athletes and athletes across the country. And this includes things not just of being able to compete, being able to win, but also the opportunity to, to try out for scholarships and places on college teams. And when you're competing in these races and these two biological males are consistently taking one and two top spots in all the track meets, um, there's a very good chance the recruiters, those handing out scholarships, are not going to be looking at you. So our lawsuit is ultimately based in Title IX. This is the law that 
ensures equal opportunity for females and athletic opportunities and others. And we're saying that the schools and the Connecticut Athletic Association is denying these girls access to equal opportunities, including scholarships, including places on college teams, and places at the top of the podium. It is uh, it's extraordinary. The uh, girls that we are talking about, their names are Selena Sewell, Alana Smith, and... Um uh, Chelsea Mitchell, these are the three girls who have filed the lawsuit here with the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference or against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference. Matt, what has that organization, what has the state essentially, the state of Connecticut said about this? What was their justification for allowing the biological males to compete against these girls? Well, I, I think there's a couple of them. Number one is they adopted this policy several years ago. They have essentially agreed with the idea that a biological male that claims he is a female, is now, quote-unquote, a female for purposes of playing sports. Uh, So in some regard, they're doing it because they've bought into this ideology that uh, your biology no longer matters. It's all what you think, what you perceive about yourself. But as you brought up earlier, that's absolutely false in sports. We know that there are differences. We know that they matter in sports. And we know that the best way to create a level playing field is to have opportunities and teams designated for girls. And the other justification is, Connecticut has one of these sexual orientation gender identity laws. These are the same laws that were used to go after Jack Phillips, the Colorado cake artist, and Baronel Stutzman, the florist, and now they're being used to go after women's sports. So those are the two primary justifications the state has been using to support its very bad, very unfair policy. It is every bit of that. Um, Matt Sharp is our guest, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. This is kind of an aside before I get back to the issues of the case that you're, you're, you're bringing against the state of Connecticut, but I'm curious, have any colleges tried to offer scholarships, the kind that you say that the, and you're right, by the way, that I think we all agree, uh, could be denied these girls because they don't finish at the top? Uh, are any colleges offering scholarships to these biological males who actually won these competitions to have them come and run as females at the collegiate level? Are you aware of that? Yeah, we, we haven't been tracking that, but I do know uh, some people may have heard of, uh, I believe it's C.C. Tesler, who is a, a track star for the NCAA is at Franklin Pierce University um, and is domini- dominating NCAA Division Two, And it wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, CC, who is a biological male but identifies as a female, is, is getting scholarships and other opportunities um, as a result of success in track and field in the girls' division, even though, once again, CC is a biological male. So I think it's, it's sort of a, a natural conclusion that schools are going to recruit those with the top times, and if those times are being taken by guys, then that's going to be less scholarships and less opportunities for the female athletes. And that is the very basis of Title IX. That is exactly right. They will be denied opportunities for scholarships and advancement uh, uh, that are supposed to be you know, uh, given to them as women uh, and actual girls and actual women by them. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, your clients, how do they or how do you as their representatives respond to the the guys who are who are running as girls, um, and I think their names are Andrea Yearwood and Terry Miller, and I, I hope right. I have those. Yeah, okay, because I'm trying to follow this. Um, their argument, Matt, is that they're the ones who are being discriminated against. They're saying, uh, as a black, as young black women, uh, who you know, at least Yearwood said, as a young black woman who is transgender, I wake up and live in a world where people who look in my, my face and see say so many scary and unfair things to me. I'm lucky to live in a state that protects my rights. 
They claim that your clients want to deny them their rights to compete as they feel or as they say fit. How do how do your clients respond to their claims that they're the ones being discriminated against, not your clients? Yeah. We want everyone to have the opportunity to play sports, but we recognize that the best way to have a level playing field is to make categories based on sex, um, just like we do in other instances where we have varsity and junior varsity teams that are based on age or skill level. We have wrestling weight classes that are based on weight. And so in this circumstance, these two biological males, I would love for them to compete with other biological males and to have those same opportunities to be at the top of the podium at the male track and field team. But what they can't do and what we're fighting against is them coming into female sport opportunities and using their biological advantages to take away opportunities from females. I want every student to compete, but I want it to be on a level playing field. And allowing guys into girls' sports does not create a level playing field and takes away opportunities from girls, as we're seeing played out in Connecticut and across the country. How important is winning this uh, case, Matt Sharp of ADF, uh, from a from the standpoint of precedent, not just in Connecticut but elsewhere, uh, winning this case on behalf of girls um, who want an opportunity to be successful and to compete against other girls? I, I think this case is going to be indicative of whether we continue to have truly female sports in the future. Um, because if these girls are not successful, if this case is not successful, then is there any sport that guys are not going to be able to come in and start dominating, start taking away those opportunities? And so what we're going to end up with is what we had before Title IX, where you have all male sports and all of the money and all of the achievement and opportunities flow to males, and girls are once again going to be stuck on the sidelines. That is not progress. That is not preserving what Title IX did, and that is not fair to women who have incredible talents and just want the opportunity to use those talents on the athletic field. Some people, Matt, um, who have weighed in on this and watched this particular situation in Connecticut and, and, and some other similar ones in different places have suggested there needs to be a third level of competition, that boys race boys, girls race girls, and if you are kind of a crossover, if you're transitioning, as the terminology is, or whatever, that there is a separate category for you know girls who think they're boys and boys who think they're girls, and they can race against one another on, on their playing field. Would you support that? No. Uh, one, we already do have co-ed teams, so there are opportunities for schools to say, we're just going to have a team that, guy, girl, uh, we don't really care. Those are open for both sexes. Um, but I don't want to deny the reality that there are only two biological sexes. You ask any scientist, you look in nature, there are two sexes, and that is part of what this is about, is preserving that rational, common-sense, scientifically-based understanding that there are two sexes and there are differences and it's okay to celebrate those differences. Um, and I think when we start creating a third category, how many more do you have to create? Because as we see with the gender identity movement, it's not just <laughs> male or female, it's non-binary and agendered yeah. and two-spirit and all of these other things. Um, and I think part of what we're doing is just going back to a, we're talking about two teams based on biological truths. That is exactly right. Based on science, that's 100% correct. Here's the other thing that I think about, and I'm wondering if this is going to be, I don't know, part of the argument that you... And uh, your clients are making here is you know track is a is a non uh, contact sport. 
I'm worried about the precedent being where boys can now come into who think they're girls and start playing women's basketball uh, at the high school level or even at the college level. And you got big, broad-shouldered, heavily muscled men knocking girls to the ground inside. Even volleyball, boys just typically jump way higher and with much more power can be slamming the ball down in the faces of girls on the other side. You know, there there are some there's some serious. I think. Um, uh, safety issues, I guess, that would be involved here. It's not just about standing at the top of the podium and getting the scholarships, as you talk about with track, but in more competitive head-to-head sports, if you start infiltrating, you know, girls' sports with boys there, there's got to be a safety concern. Absolutely there is. I mean, you think everything from, you know, basketball, soccer, um, you know, you take a tackle in soccer, uh, wrestling, so many other sports, hockey, that um, could all result in girls being worried about, you know, some six-foot-six guy coming in and taking them out. Um, that's part of what a lot of these girls that we speak to worry about is not just I'm going to lose an opportunity, but what happens if I suffer a serious injury and my sports career is done because a stronger, physically dominant guy was allowed to, come, was allowed to play. This is all about safety. This is all about equal opportunities, and these are many of the considerations of why these girls are taking a stand and fighting for women's sports to be preserved for biological females. Matt Sharp with the Alliance Defending Freedom joining us. Last thing, Matt, before you go, I wanted to get your response uh, to this. This was actually a part of the lawsuit. It's in the language of the lawsuit. Quote, a transgender athlete and advocate recently wrote in an op-ed that this should be accepted because part of competitive sports is learning to lose, end quote. I, I, I was blown away by that. They're saying, let boys play with girls. Girls need to learn how to lose. Uh, it'll be better for them in the long run. Do you have a response to that? I'm outraged when I read that. This is exactly what Title IX was designed to stop and to remedy. Girls have long been told, you don't belong in sports. Your place is in the home. Your place is not on the athletic field. You need to learn your place. And that's essentially what this article was saying. You need to learn to lose. You need to learn that guys are always going to take opportunities from you, and they're always going to be better than you in this and that. And that is the exact wrong message to send to these courageous female athletes and others. But it shows you the ultimate motive. They don't care about equal opportunities for females. This is about an agenda being pushed and one that ultimately takes away opportunities and benefits for female athletes and tells them, you've got to learn to lose. That's where your place is. And that's absolutely false. Girls are incredible athletes deserve to win, deserve the scholarships and all of the opportunities that come from using their talents and abilities. That's a very, very well uh, articulated point. You know, I'm just wondering when the feminist organization is going to rise up in opposition to this because it is women and girls who are being hurt here. They're the ones being targeted. They're the ones being hurt. When is somebody going to stand up for the women? Uh, because that's what this is. This this is. It's an agenda or it's an attempt to advance an agenda even at the uh, at the peril of, uh, of young girls. Matt Sharp, Senior Counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom. You have our full and total support. I want people to support you further, uh, Matt. Um, we know that, again, you are a minister and you rely upon the donations of others to be able to provide the legal services to these clients free of charge. How do we support uh, Alliance Defending Freedom? You can visit adflegal.org. That's ADF, short for Alliance Defending Freedom, adflegal.org. You're going to see right on our front page right now the stories of Chelsea and Alana and Selena. Hear them in their own words and learn how you can help support our battle on behalf of these female athletes and others across the country standing for freedom, religious liberty, and just common sense. This is a must-win case. I know it's going to be a long, protracted legal fight. It's a must-win case. Uh, We'll pray for you guys. Uh, Thanks very much, Matt. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 
Matt Sharp, legal a senior counsel rather for Alliance Defending Freedom, which again is a legal ministry uh, providing free legal services and representation to people who are under attack and who are being discriminated against unfairly. Uh, like, for example, you've heard many times talking about the bakers and the florists and the uh, other uh, uh, service providers, photographers, DJs, etc., uh, who are demanded to provide services for same-sex weddings, even if it violates their strongly held Christian religious principles. And now, of course, uh, it's just girls who are being assaulted here by the LGBTQXYZ1234 ampersand hashtag pound sign whatever. I can't keep them all straight, so I just kind of run with a string of them. But anyway, uh, they're under assault uh, by the agenda. of the. We could just simplify it and call it the Rainbow Mafia. Uh, that's exactly what it is. The LGBTQ Mafia is out to get them, and this is an extraordinarily must-win case. All right, uh, we'll get a quick time out here. It's 9.51. Time for a couple of calls before our next guest at the top of the next hour. Dial now, 216-901-0945. Back after this. tell you that line <laughs> that that's that's outrageous I, and i don't want to be a part of the ppo and sit here and just express outrage for the sake of doing it but that is pretty outrageous a transgender athlete advocate recently wrote in an op-ed that this should be accepted boys should be allowed to compete with girls because part of competitive sports is learning to lose so girls Sorry, you didn't get a chance to win because you are being uh, beaten by biological males who have massive biological uh, and physiological advantages over you. But the good news is you're going to learn how to lose, and you're going to learn it well and often. I, I, that is an unbelievable, outrageous statement. Uh, let's go to the phones. i got time for a couple of calls here, 216-901-0945. Connie is calling us from Cleveland. Hi, Connie, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. You know what? If, if somebody, I guess maybe because I'm a libertarian, believe that they, you know, they're male and they want to be female, female, they want to be male, fine and dandy. But the thing is, is they're interfering with other people's rights. And you don't see or hear of any females who want to be males competing against males. You know why? Physically, they don't win. So they have no argument. Like, well, I want to compete, but I'm a loser. Okay, these guys are doing it. Because they want to win, and that's the bottom line. So, if they haven't gone through the chemical or medical procedures to truly make them female, um, are they going to change their mind once their scholarship and their college education is done with? That's a great question. Yeah, because most of them, most of them, and I shouldn't speak to this with any authority. I don't have any authority or any knowledge of this, but I mean, it appears just from an observational standpoint that most of the uh, uh, males who want to quote unquote uh, uh, be accepted as females or identify identify as females do not want to go through the procedure of having uh, their 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 human their uh, anatomy changed. In other words, to have you know the lop off and the uh, the you know the rebuild. Uh, They don't want to do that. Look at look at perhaps the most famous transgender person in the world. World, Bruce Jenner, who wants to be called Caitlyn, but says, uh, "No, I'm not having that done." <laughs> he just want, likes to wear the clothes. He just likes to wear the dresses and 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 play the role. But he doesn't want to have that done. So you're right. If they don't uh, follow through, you wonder if they're just going to say, "Okay, I'm done winning my championships. I got my college education, and now I go back to being what I really am." Yeah, and the thing is, is if this gets to the Supreme Court, I could see them losing. 
because you don't see it on the opposite end. And this puts women back like 100 years as far as, you know, discrimination and, and women's suffrage. It's like, well, you know what? You've got to accept it to your second-class lady. That's it. We'll always be yep. two. Very, whether, very... We're, whether we're wearing a dress or whether we're wearing pants. That's that's exactly correct. Connie, thank you so much for the call. You make a great point there. Thank you for that. Let's go to Lakewood. Dave, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dave. Go right ahead. I, uh, I, I love women. That means uh, hopefully I'm normal. And <laughs> I, yet I love to see women who are good in sports. This, is, this will sound weird to you, but a good example will bring this to a, to a point. If anybody has ever been in a bar or wherever and saw a guy with his wife or a guy with his girlfriend, all of a sudden start smacking her around, how helpless the poor woman is, that shows where she stands in sports against a guy. What I'm trying to say is they're not equal athletically. So what? Let the women play their sports. Let the guys play their sports and let the people enjoy it, period. That's a really, really great point that you make, Dave. Thanks for the call about um, about protecting women from men in terms of, you know, for example, domestic violence. Just why, why, why has our culture always taught and embraced, taught boys, you never hit a girl, right? Every father, at least if he's a, a real father, and, and society in general has always said men do not hit women why why has it always been so one-sided there why not just people don't hit each other never hit someone why not the other way around women you never hit a man why would that be it's always been since the beginning of our culture men never hit women and it's right and the reason why is men are so physically superior and dominant that they can harm women and women are virtually defenseless against them and they can be hurt very badly. So we tell men, do not hit women. And now we're going to ignore all of that physical superiority, all of that physical size difference, et cetera, et cetera, and tell men, yeah, you can go race against the women as long as you feel like one. What an absolute joke. We're shifting gears back to communism, socialism, Bernie Sanders, and his vision for America. Joining us next will be a Cuban-American who has experienced life in that communist hellhole called the island of Cuba. She'll join us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.